It is technically head gear. You put oh the gear on gosh. your head. Uh, I don't want to wear this anymore. Ah, uh, yeah, label it. Yeah. You're going to have to. I know. It's just how it works. Bonk's adventure over here. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> I Bonk. love that game. <laughs> You run around and you uh, literally headbutt everything you see to kill it. <laughs> actually, that does sound like a perfect game for me. It's actually really fun. <laughs> TurboGrafx-16 looked pretty good. What was up? For its time. Yeah. Box Adventure looked good. That was a great system. I never really got... I didn't get deep into that. I only saw it a few times. I never got to get involved with the Philips CDI. I rem- It wasn't around long. Well, that's good. I'm glad. And then what else was around? Philips CDI sucked. It was like a thousand bucks for that thing when it first came out. Didn't Panasonic have one? Uh, 3DO. They had 3DO. And then you had, right in that same time, you had Atari Jaguar. You had Jaguar. Sega Saturn. Saturn. You had a Dreamcast after I Saturn. I had a Dreamcast. <coughs> Shenmue was a good game for Dreamcast. Dreamcast was fun because the games were super easy to copy. Yeah, I think that's the downfall of that system because it was actually really good. And they're like, oh, yeah, everybody's stealing our game. I worked this year's and people would return them all this the fucking time. No, no, this is in Pennsylvania. Oh. And as a return bin, I just grabbed them and like, here you go. Most of the time they were fine. They just sucked. So people return them and be like, oh, yeah, it didn't work. Well, it, it really it couldn't keep up with what they were trying to do with the other systems. They were just so far behind. They were trying to grab a market share that they were just long past. It was a neat idea that you could... Did Dreamcast compete with PlayStation 2 or 1? I think two. it was 2. Yeah, but you so also you they were carry beat. some of it with you. With that <laughs> yeah, Dreamcast was PS2. And GameCube at the same time. They got beat back. Well, come on, GameCube. I like GameCube, kind of. The controllers got a little annoying after a while, but... GameCube was cool because it had a lot of different perfect dark style game. games. I don't know if you ever played Perfect Dark, but it was pretty mm, good. No, I played uh, Tales of Symphonia. Kind of a RPG. Mm-hmm. They still make those. Yeah. Oh, they still make what? For PS3 uh, Tales and PS4. Of whatever type of... Sendonia. The Crypt? Sendonia. Yeah. Tales of the Crypt? No, these are games. Tales from the Crypt. <laughs> <laughs> That's horrifying. <laughs> I don't know what's more horrifying, the voice or your faces whenever you do it. You gotta look. Are we doing the phone thing again? Joe's taxidermy, you snuff him, we stuff him. Thought it was uh, the used pet store. Who's, who's used pet Cal's store? Used was pet it Cal's? Store. Cal's. Wow. Cal's used pet stores. That's a callback. Cal's used pet stores. I will not rest until we find that video. It's gotta be somewhere in my grandmother's house. Gotta be somewhere. We'll not rest until we have it. That's a fact. Back in middle school, we had an assignment to make commercials. Mm-hmm. Everybody making... If you eat Wheaties, look, this is before Cheerios, and they missed the dunk. Mm-hmm. After Cheerios, oh, they made the dunk. Like, oh, man, that was fucking creative. They were weak and terrible we and awful. We made our own what they dumb were. shit. We had, a, we had a camera and fucking imagination. So we had cows used pet stores. Mm-hmm. And it was just a shed. That had sticks holding up the door. It was the shed behind Dave's grandma's house. <laughs> so mom, we had, house. so we had. Yeah, it was your mom's house. We filmed the other one at your grandma's. Yeah. So we had that. And then there was and used- Dave's Dave's throwing the cat because it'll land on all fours. And it's like here's a used cat. Tosses it. So then the other one we did was Honest Brad's used cars. Yeah. <laughs> and she had this white Honda that really looked blue. the part. It was a little blue and old, like oh, yeah, something. Honda. Somebody else I know that had the white Honda, but. 
yeah, I'm, I'm giving the sales pitch and everything, and then reach over and hit the hood, and he's laying down in the front seat out of sight, so the horn just just lays. For, and I'm trying to get it to stop, and Dave's grandma's filming, and she's laughing while she's filming, and it's shaking. <laughs> but this is in the end result, too, so people are seeing this, and they're all laughing because the camera's shaking. It took two or three takes to get it right because of cause of her. Well, we were wearing a big jacket with a pillow stuffed under it, so he's like some fat guy trying to sell you cars and shit, too. It was terrible. And then we had a home security system one that never made it. Never made it, too. We, we, we made, yeah, we we made three. Shooting people. We awesome. made three, but could only really... It's kind of like the usual thing. You made three and can only air two. Yeah. And that's exactly why we did it. We said, I bet one of these won't make it. Mm-hmm. We had the best ones out of anybody, Dan. <laughs> well, nobody else took it seriously. We took it seriously, but we did it for fun. And what was your grade? Oh, we, we got, got A+. A+. Plus. We got A+. Plus, like 98. We beat everybody why on that thing. Why did you the two points? Because he never gave anybody 100. Nobody's perfect. That was Mr. Bennett. you guys weren't good enough. <laughs> wow. Whatever. so amazing. My ego uplifting. can't handle this. <gasps> so uplifting. It just makes me feel better about myself. Later. Oh, it's out there. Now, out, out, out. You know, I really didn't think that my podcast episode tonight would serve as evidence for a abuse. domestic abuse case with the Beckley PD at some point. Oh, are we filming? No. Are we filming? Are we filming? Okay. Smile. If, if we're filming, I'm in for a big surprise. I don't do video. Audio casting couch. Whatever. Oh, God. gosh. <laughs> audio only. Audio casting couch would be hilarious. <laughs> don't worry. If it's audio only, I can make it work. That's right. Nobody wants to hear you. No, I'm not. Never mind. Nobody wants to hear Never you. Mind. Why don't you let's sit get, down on the couch the real and play with your butt? No, it's that's a, <laughs> that's a compliment. Hey, You're, not you. You got a crooked no. finger. Tammy. <laughs> In case. Crooked nose. <laughs> Tammy, just, just two words, and this makes it sound so much better. Vocally appreciative. <laughs> That doesn't make it better. That makes it so much better. I think it makes it better. Let me see that uh, middle finger. Dave, she is not a robot. No. Let me see it. Let me see it. No. I'm not going to make fun of it. I'm going to. When Dave said. By the way, I want everybody to know I'm making fun of my wife. (laughs) I don't think. Accepting the, the, uh, the negative. When Dave said that doesn't make it better, he sounded like the robot in Mr. Roboto. So I just want it doesn't make it other listeners to know if I actually pick on you, I'll call you out. Just don't don't get mad at Steve for me being a dumbass. <laughs> Are you still trying to catch up to Stephanie? A little bit. He's still trying to catch oh, up. Oh, she's to good Stephanie. now. I told her to listen to the other one where she was. She received her uh, penance for being a little butthurt. <laughs> well, no, that was just I, that's my you fault. I own up to it. This one where you just called her a butthurt child. Well, I told her it wasn't about her. And she was like, I have to squirt some tears first. Hold on. <laughs> See, I'm an idiot. I just make fun of the stereotypical, like, oh, it's your girlfriend. We're yeah. guys. Oh, your girlfriend nags you. Okay. No, no, blah, blah, blah. That's just, five. that's the yes, quintessential, quintessential Five to voice. 13. That like, is my yay. age range. Hang on just a second. I need to handle some business. Steph, none of that was me. Just so you know. <laughs> take note. None of that was me. And on that note. We're going to have to get her on here. Oh. Let's keep her on the other side of the table, though, because I want to keep her like over there. Stephanie confronts Dave. I want to keep her under here. Would you stop? Here's a microphone. You you stop. (laughs) 
Speak into the microphone. Now, now you're like, in trouble. Down here. Uh, <laughs> now you're in trouble. That was him. That's not, not a microphone. Well, I guess it is. Yeah, it's, it's mine. Make some noise. We'll see if we record it. <laughs> now I know we did good. Coop's over there just shaking his head. I don't know. Not part of this. Behold the power of the mute button. God! I love the power of the mute button. This is this is the intro that I've been dreading for the last little bit because it's it's unavoidable whenever you number your episodes, so you have to say it. It's episode five of Apex Live. <laughs> Only episode. I feel five. like I am in the middle of a Dr. <laughs> Seuss book because I have to rhyme everything. I'm Brad. That's Steve. Steve, you look tired. You look like you've been working all day. How you doing, sir? I'm um, pretty good. And I uh, yeah, tired of working. working all day. Steve's nose <laughs> is discolored. <laughs> Um, there may there may have been an incident. Somebody's the, a douchebag. There may have been. I can't even get through an intro and mute. Steve may have been involved in a bit of a a bit of an altercation at the gym on Tuesday. Really Whoa. interesting sparring, and um, there was there was some blood at one point, and we're all preparing for some for some action coming up here at the end of November and. Uh, We've just got a lot to talk about. There's a lot going on right now in our world. We've got NFL protests. We've got Hugh Hefner dead, which... I thought he died last year. Seriously, I was like, I thought he died last year. I saw a picture of... I'm almost a little sad about that one. I saw a picture of the man, and I'm... You cannot cannot convince me he did not die in some time when Reagan was president. (laughs) Okay? I think him and Keith Richards both died in in some time in the mid-1980s. It's part of the Mandela effect. I know he died at least last year. Good call. I think this is Mandela effect. Hydron collider. They, they've been using it too much, man. Wow. Good call. Is that is that what we're I really doing here? actually think the, he died last year, I'm telling you. I thought he had died last year. So this is no, all about so this is CERN. All this, this is coming is CERN. from CERN this over CERN. in Okay. Yeah. Well at least Geneva? we know that. Is it Geneva? So wait, what are we talking like Are these echoes of the past it's, because of it or what? It's Geneva. That, where they do the big the big thing with the Hadron nice. Particle Collider, and it's several miles yeah. around, and they think they can open up black holes. Yes, yeah, they're distorting time all stuff. due to going faster than the speed of light or some weird Supposedly, like they, well, they collide all these. So yep. they take reverse. Um, one will go counter, the other one will go clockwise, and they just run. They slam them into each other. They're trying to create neutrino or something like that, some kind of uh, There's dark matter... Something they're trying to yeah. see. They're trying to break down. I think atomic particles into the smallest things possible. They're afraid they may create black holes. Stephen, Haw- Stephen Hawking is. <clears throat> they're also he's ex- fighting this kicking and screaming because he thinks that there's <laughs> no, no. That's not true. He uh, <laughs> <laughs> might be screaming, but you, you he might see, be squealing some you wheels. See, <laughs> you see, you see, Steve called on to that. Steve <laughs> called on to that. Um, that's what they're doing because, and he's afraid that they're going to create some type of. 
issue with a black hole or God knows what. So I don't ca- I don't care what they do. Are you really going to screw all this stuff up any worse than it already is? No. Well, some I don't of know. it is also they're uh, analyzing the explosions or the collisions and they're making hypotheses. That's what it was like at the beginning of time. Mm-hmm. You know what they're Which, doing? The Big Bang type. If that was at the beginning of time, how could now even reflect that? You know what they're really doing? Time. They're eating That's up grant right. money trying to figure out new ways to do cool stuff and they have no idea what, what they're, they're doing. doing. Well, and it's going to create God knows what, and I think we all know that. More no doubt. Our more, our more astute listeners who have been following through the first four episodes will recognize that voice. <laughs> but they are finding some very cool shit. That's right, everyone. He decided he wanted to set in for this episode as well. Ah, wait. He's back. I was invited, David. One of the first comments I got was, no one can derail a serious discussion quite like the guest on episode two. And you are absolutely correct, astute listener. Back again. He's a physical therapy assistant. He's a professional fighter. And on November 17th, we'll be competing for the WBF Intercontinental Light Heavyweight Championship. Coming down on the May stage. Dave, you are not a stripper. But Dave, Mark, Corrette, whatever his name is, is back. Welcome back, Dave. Oh, gosh. I, I have to do that. I have to put that in. Have to I, ha- I have to play that music. Every time. I don't have a choice. <laughs> I like that. I get my own intro every time. I will <laughs> That's take pretty it. good. I like well, why I do boxing, damn it. <laughs> well, I have a list of songs here that I could use as your entrance music. Oh, that, no doubt about that. <laughs> you do Barbie Girl by Aqua. I don't want that, uh, that on my phone. I still no. think that chick was pretty hot in that song. I used to watch that video just to see her. <laughs> Yeah, well, you were watching the, the video, not listening to the hand. music. Then Let's, I would add to my sock collection under my bed. <laughs> little mashed potatoes in there, Steve? Just a little Is bit. Is that what we're doing? <laughs> little baby puke. Baby puke. Hashtag baby puke. Those of you interacting with us on social media, hashtag baby puke. That's always nice. Well, speaking of social media, let's handle a little bit of business. If you want to join us on social media, interact, be part of the show, email us anytime. Join in with our top five. Send us thoughts, questions, comments, feedback of any kind. That's apexlivepodcast at gmail.com. We're available on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just search at apexlivepodcast. Should have a Snapchat coming here soon, and we should be on Patreon sometime before the end of the year. We've got a top five list today with our top five desert island dinners. We saved that for now. I had to whittle it down from like seven or eight to five. It's really hard to na- to narrow it down to five when that's the only things you're going to get back. You guys went serious. I'm sorry. I just went off the top of my head. That's what you do with everything. Sometimes. Uh, we've got some topical updates for things we visit. we talked about on our, on our last episode. First of all, there is... And topical ointments th- for... Again, behold the power of the mute button. Uh, first of all, Steve, there is ice hockey in Mexico. There is, there is ice hockey. Right. I, oh, I assume there would be ice hockey, but I didn't know what the quality would be like. Apparently, they're not bad. Hmm. That's kind of surprising. You wouldn't think they'd get a whole lot of practice. You'd think the season would be like five days long. They just practice in the street. I think. So th- this is kind of like in the Probably. second Mighty Ducks movie yeah. when before they go play Iceland they Quack. have to go play the rock, you know the the street hockey thing yeah. with all the inner city kids. I'm sorry. The I Mighty Ducks type thing? I don't see the inner city kids in East LA playing yeah. street hockey. Sorry Disney, but I'm going to crush all of your field hockey all your kind of soccer field. 
everything I know from Disney is now turned upside down. Thanks, Cooper. I respect nothing that happens on a soccer field. <laughs> uh, Absolutely soccer. nothing. Uh, we did the soccer fucking sucks. <laughs> Boy, that sensor button's gonna be right there. Yes, why, Tammy? For him, it's not even a word; it's a comma. Okay, that's that's straight what out the of the playbook of Lewis Black, and we'll do that. I, I've actually transitioned from being a soccer player to you know, an athlete, an athlete. <laughs> but I was I was pretty decently athletic when I played. I, you know, there's no doubt you can be athletic. I you... get a feeling I'm probably going to get letters over the whole soccer thing. Um, we also talked about our top five NES games on episode two. Mm-hmm. So for the last week, you know, I wanted to go back and listen to our podcast, and that that gave me motivation, Steve. So I went and I played all five of the games in my top five and beat them all within a That's week. Right. Now you can. Let's face it, Mario One. I can beat that game in about seven minutes. That's not too difficult. Mm-hmm. And see what was it? River City Ransom took a while. That took two or three hours to get all the way. Through. <laughs> so, that game's awesome. I love that game. Well, you can. I can slow it down and and enter in the password and do all that mm-hmm. stuff. But the password is so flipping difficult. <laughs> To write down and then re-enter, it takes almost as long to do that as it does to play the game. Ooh. So I just went ahead and paused it and, and made my way through it. Captain Skyhawk, a lot harder to get through the, the last stage mm-hmm. than I had remembered. So I went went ahead and beat that, and then I played some bases loaded and ah. and won that game as well. So that was a lot of fun. But retro gaming, I love how much of a thing that has become in the last little while. And I mean, those are the games that we grew up with. Mm-hmm. I was in. I was still in high school. I was. I was in. I was in. I was. I guess my senior year, or my first year of college, when the first emulators really came out. You could go download the ROMs and do all that stuff, and it was. It was kind of cool to be on in on the entry level and play all those games again. Now, I mean, that's the cool thing you do. And Dave, you're right. My Nintendo's hooked up right now, about 15 feet away. They say retro gaming. We never stopped. No, it's not like all these people yeah. chasing trends. We didn't throw away our Nintendos. We we hung around and even I, the hell, I still go back and play. Now I'll give thing. props. I will give props to somebody who was born in 1997 mm-hmm. who decides I'm going to go play NES. I'm going to go for those people. The games we consider easy are going to be insanely difficult. <laughs> I mean, playing Metroid is going to be like playing Call of Duty. Oh, as a blind man to them, because it's not easy. Those games are not easy. Well, you had to have the qual. You had to have such great game quality to make up for the lack of uh, graphical. Yeah, all the visuals. But when you look at back and and see how they were designed now, it is absolutely mind blowing to see how well those games were designed in re- in hindsight and retrospect. It's just I would love brilliant. to see some kids try and play Joust. 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 Do you remember how Joust hard that fun. fucking game was? It's pretty hard. You had to hit them exactly mm-hmm. right. If you didn't, they'd speed up. And what was it? The shit disappeared on you, so you didn't have as many platforms. Why don't you actually go joust with someone? That could be fun. I think that has a sure. urban dictionary term now. We can't joust oh, anymore. Oh, gosh. Everything is an urban dictionary thing. Free sword I don't, fight. I don't want to. Rather, no, I'd rather, no, no, that has a different definition no, than what no, I remember. No, no, we don't. I would rather joust. No, we don't. Men can. Let's put it that way. I'd rather That's joust. That's typically how men sword fight, babe. What? You don't know what sword fighting is? Go away. You're not even in on this conversation. Go back to your phone. It's on your... <laughs> and now, I have proof. <laughs> Dave's talking about uh, about sword fighting and jousting. 
That's what Dave's doing. Tammy on her phone. Uh, Tammy needs to be on her phone and not have to listen to all, all this right. stuff. First off, Steve brought up the jousting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I figured this oh, had yeah. something to do with like, sword fighting. Am I right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I actually don't know jousting, but... Well, I, all right, maybe riding fighting. a bike and whoever's... You're taking a piss and across the streams. Yeah. Dave knows sword fighting. I was 15. <laughs> I sword fight with my kids. We we have pee wars all hey, the time. It, it gets them to go to the bathroom, doesn't it? Yeah, well, they challenge me. They're like, I can pee longer than you, Daddy. I'm like, uh, you can pee right, farther, I but challenge anybody. But what is what's the volume and how long can you go? You know, like I'll stop midstream, <laughs> and they're like, What are you doing, Daddy? I'm like, I'm gonna win. You're gonna lose. You can't win, amateur. I, I, drink, I drink a beer. You're screwed, young. <laughs> That's right. You sword fight with your kids? Yeah. Zero, zero flesh. Oh, no, is that a... Down that road, there's nothing funny down I'm sorry, I had to. No laughs at all. Brother, I'm telling you, take a different avenue. There's nothing funny down that road. Cancer. Not funny. Dead puppies. Not funny. Sword fighting with your kids. Not funny. It is funny. There's nothing funny down that road. Especially when they ask you. Oh my god. Why do I have such a small wiener, Dad? And you're like, well, you were born that way and it's never going to (laughs) grow. And they're like, but yours is bigger. And, well, I was born that way. And uh, you just have to deal with having a super small penis for the rest of your life. You know, there are times in life. Tell them you got more genetics from your mom. Sorry. I'm like, sorry, buddy. Yeah, you're, you take that from your mommy. There are times in life when Maybe I will sit here and you? I will pray for deliverance <laughs> from a situation in which I am unsure how I arrived. This, kids, is one of those times. This went literally. Let's. Tr- I'll have to go back and track this in post production. But this went from talking about Nintendo games. And it, to Dave bringing up, I want to see these young kids play Joust, to the mention of Urban Dictionary, to sword fighting <laughs> with your kids. Hey, oh now we did gosh. clarify that is, that is, that, is your, that is streams of urine. There's no, like, contact. No contact. Oh, no, 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 no. We have our own bubble. Pea fight. Yeah. War European. Hashtag pea fight. Hashtag pea fight. <laughs> <laughs> Our social media is going to be an absolute mess. I hope everyone knows that. Well, See, the funny part is you're not denying it because you go to the football games. They have the trough urinals. Believe me. I never I, I never go to the bathroom at a football game. We almost what? have a nudist colony in right, my house sometimes. Contest Seriously, help we don't find out. Really? We walk around naked. We don't care. Is bigger. Well, that's very, yeah, we don't care. That's very libertarian. You're not, you're not here to be restricted by the rules imposed on you by society and the government. Screw you, government. I've read Genesis 1. I know how God intended it. I have a sovereign nation. So if you decide you want to come over and not wear clothes, be my guest. Okay, so you're saying that That's in the a world only policy in my house. You're saying that in the world of Stevastan. <laughs> yes, Stevastan. In Stevastan, <laughs> it's clothing optional and discouraged. It's clothing discouraged. Yeah, it, whatever makes you comfortable. If you okay. come over and So what do you do during the winter? Is that like a saran wrap situation where you've got to still get the insulation, but we want to have the visuals? Dave, stop messing with the audio equipment. No, I... <laughs> Right. It's amazing how great it sounds until Dave starts electrocuting himself. <laughs> ah! 
and I would, I, it doesn't even come through on the audio feed, but it comes through our headphones. My, my, started, my, my headphones started working, so I tried to improve them, and it didn't work. Oh, well, I, I had trouble getting them to work. I get them to work. Well, I've got to BASF this thing and make it even better, and now they stopped working, and I'm on my phone. Oh, my gosh. Just put the headphones I back not, on. I, I, I put them down. You told me to put them back on. I said, put the headphones on, and when they're working and making noise... Keep your hands in your lap, okay? I, I'm talking to you like I have to talk to Rick, like the the interviewer is talking to Ricky Bobby. Just just put the hands down. I don't know what to do with my hands. Put I don't em, know what to do with em. my hands. <laughs> and apparently he's turned into a Southern Belle. That's amazing. That sound like a woman to you? Yes. I've heard you uh, use that to describe Tammy sometimes. Stop poking the bear. Stop poking the bear. By the way, I I'm actually going to mute myself and just sit back now. Sucks, so. Huh? Did you, did you cut my mic? No, I cut mine. Oh. Please, go on. No, I'm, I'm done. You better be done. He's never done. He's never done. That's that's as simple as that gets. Um, some other business to take care of. I want to remind you that coming up here soon, we don't have an exact time frame, but it should be here soon. Uh, we're going to have our crossover episode with the twitch.tv slash Kung Fu Spaceman channel. That'll be a lot of fun. My brother Very Kenny cool. my brother Kenny like runs that channel. He's a content provider on Twitch, likes to stream a lot of video games that he's playing, has a gaming group that he's a part of, and he streams that as well. A lot of live interva- interaction, so it's going to be Kung Fu Spaceman on Apex Live. It's going to be Apex Live on the Kung Fu Spaceman channel with Twitch. The only thing that's missing is he's not yet at affiliate status, which he should be. Twitch is just screwing him around, and you know what? We're not going to support Twitch until Twitch supports him and does the right thing. So, right now, screw you, Twitch, but eventually, we'll do the right thing. Agreed, everyone? I agreed. Okay, that's how we're going to handle that. It's pretty simple. But until then... Go over to twitch.tv slash kungfuspaceman again. If you listen to episode four, I don't know where that came from. We'll ask him. I'm not sure if he knows, but either way, it's going to be a pretty fun story listening to the genesis of all of that. But if you like watching video games, you wouldn't think it would be a big deal to watch somebody else play video games and go through these things. It's actually really fun to sit back and watch, especially when there's interaction going on. He's got a camera in the corner that you know he's he's on there. He's interacting with everybody. They're playing as a group. There's a lot of live audio going on with quite a few of the players as well. So it's a fun thing to watch. Check that out and see what you think. That's twitch.tv slash Spaceman, and you can find those links as well on our social media channels, especially Twitter, where I've been harassing the Twitch people for the last, I don't know, hour, hour and a half. <laughs> Tammy, like we are in third grade, is over here passing notes, <laughs> and Dave is drawing male genitalia. So apparently That's he's... stuck. Yeah, that's a duck. Um, apparently, Dave has watched Superbad sometime in the last month or so because he keeps drawing the same thing. And by the way, that's really not very impressive. I hope it's not a portrait. It looks like a duck with balls for feet. <laughs> that's an eyeball. Oh. Who's like that teacher? That, that, is, that is one of the most incredible things I've ever heard because that's something you would expect to hear in an advanced science class that you that you never knew existed. That looks like an alligator. Tur- turn it over to the documentary on National Geographic. And here we see the testicle-footed duck <laughs> in its right. natural habitat. Right here. And here comes the tiger. Sadly now, there can be but one outcome. Uh, but right. the swing cod mallow comes swooping in. By the way, duck, con- duck confit, really, really good. Freaking Since we're going to yes. talk about duck, it's really, really good. Um, You're failing. I, gotta, I have to win. Grasshopper, one. stop. 
Slow your mind. This is okay. one of those days I am so glad. You're going too fast and using injured wrists. Why are you messing with Okay. Mind? Good. Okay. This is one of the days that I'm so glad. This is an this is an oh. audio podcast with no video component because this video part yeah. You, you do a paper. That's yours. He has one. He drew on it. It's harder than it looks. But he'll get on the second try. For anyone listening that also does their own <laughs> podcast, answer this question for me. You can email me at apexlivepodcast at gmail dot com. Is it possible for me to put all of these people in detention at some point after this is over? Because this is horrifying. I have me. never been in detention in my entire life. Well, there's a first time for everything. Oh, I've been in detention a lot. <laughs> in, school, in school suspension because your parents don't want you at home. That's, that's hey, a Tammy, experience. Two words. Vocally appreciated. Yeah, I did have in school. And I was... I, was I love getting glared at. It's a lot of fun. Um, it's not... A couple of days ago was September 26th, and that was actually a pretty important day for me. Um, September 26th, and it sounds so ridiculous whenever you say it like this, but it's it's true for me personally. Um, it was September 26, 1982, that we saw the premiere of the pilot movie that started the TV series Night Rider. And it's hard to believe that that was 35 years ago. And as much as that is a TV show, and of course I like it, uh, yeah, like it. For most of the people, yeah, I drove six hours to go see some of the show cars and got my picture in one of them. Yeah, right. um, that show is not just a show to me. And there are a lot of people who enjoyed it. It's it's had a life that has just lived through multiple generations now. And people have really followed that show. And it's it probably, and this is really incredible to say, it probably has a larger fan base now than it had when it was on. Because yeah. it's been passed down. And it's a show that does not necessarily get washed away with time and with generations. And even though yeah, some of the visuals may be a little bit dated because it was an 80s show and things don't necessarily look like that anymore, especially the cars that are around and some of the technology that was displayed, the message of the show, the way the show was written, anything that is truly great, and this is true of anything in the arts, anything that is truly great is also timeless. Mm -hmm. And that's something that that show has proven. There are a lot of shows that were around that time frame, even shows that were made in the 90s, that quite honestly just did not, really age very well and and that's something that i'm really happy about with knight rider because it stays around it's being released on blu-ray it's all it's still in syndication and it's always out there and that's really cool but the fact We're that it was 30 remake soon another one which i hope it's the right one and not the stupid one with uh john cena and kevin hart I mean, if they do that they're going to have to put me in an institution and give me meds. I just won't be able to handle that so very well. So they just well. went right past the rock, and they were like, uh, John Cena. <laughs> well, you know what? The last time they met, John Cena beat him. So maybe they were battling for that right. You get the belt and the lead role in Knight Rider. But what really, what, really, what really has translated for me over these years is the fact that the message of that show, I think, has been misconstrued by a lot of people. Everyone automatically assumes if you describe that show to anyone, the first thing they always say is, well, this is a show about it's a show about a talking car. Damn right. And they have completely missed the point of that show. Um, Knight Rider is a show that has a talking car as a character. And by the way, the car does other really cool stuff. The fact mm -hmm. that it talks. Transforms, goes really fast, destroys if, shit. If I have demonstrated anything tonight about technology, it's the fact that there's you nothing better than a mute button. And, and there that goes again. Um... One thing that that I think always has to come out about that show yeah, is the work. fact that it's not about a talking car. The whole point of that show, it, 
I'm a reader, and I love Fahrenheit 451. I mean, it's a fantastic book. And what's interesting about that book is the fact that there is a central theme to it that Ray Bradbury, the author, intended to have in it. The problem is people miss it, and they tell him what the theme of his book is, and it's not what the theme of his book is. Everyone tells Bradbury the theme of his book is censorship. The theme of his book is not censorship. The theme of his book, according to him, was that it's about the dangers of technology and when it runs amok, what it can do to a society and dumb it down and get away from books. Ironically, exactly (laughs) what we're doing right now. It's Fahrenheit 451 and 1984 brought together, and I bring up 1984 for a very specific reason. So Those two babies met and... Yes. You have that. Yeah, and and then they somehow blended it with a third party with Brave New World by Aldous Huxley, and that's the world we live in now. Mm-hmm. But they, I remember there was a time when Bradbury went to a, an appearance, I believe, at UCLA. And you know how people can be on the West Coast. Mm-hmm. So he goes to an appearance at an English class in UC, at UCLA. And it's Coast. and it's pretty bad. He goes in, and this is an advanced level English class. For him to come out in public and to do one of these things in front of a bunch of English majors at a major university, that's not a small thing for them. He comes out, starts talking about the book, and they proceed to be so belligerent, telling him that his book is about censorship that he left <laughs> and walked out. So I understand what it's like to have everything misconstrued whenever you're trying to get a point across. Mm -hmm. Um, By by the same token, the whole theme of censorship in that book, I think, can be looked at as an unintentional theme. Bradbury did not intend for the book to be about that, but it became about that because of how the story played out. And Knight Rider is the same way. I think there is an unintentional theme of that show. Or maybe a secondary theme, as much as there is the intentional theme that Glenn Larson intended whenever he first created the show. And for me, the unintentional theme is the, the possibilities of technology. Look at where we were in the 1980s. That show premiered in 1982. We are probably three years into the boom of home video game systems and home computers. Everyone wanted it in their house. It was still exorbitantly priced. But the thought was always... This is the opening stage. What can this thing be? What can technology be whenever it starts building? And the thought from there went, well, what happens if it gets into the right hands, not the wrong hands? Mm-hmm. And that show turns into this industrialist who built night industries and did everything on his own and built it from the ground up. He gets this technology. He builds it. He creates this supercar. And instead of the bad guys getting it, the good guys have it. So it became about the possibilities of technology. Now, of course, you've got the villains throughout the seasons that they've got bad technology and Michael and Kit have to go stop them. And that happens. But the fact that that, that became an unintentional theme of the, the possibilities of technology, it's funny to see all the things that happened in that show and all the capabilities Kit had. You know, plot, you know Kit, plot me the, the quickest route to wherever. Or it's video or it's audio or it's break, you know, breaking into all these different things and all these different programs. I can do that with my phone. Yeah, but that video was way better than our phone. But it, but it all starts somewhere. Mm-hmm. It's a, and the same thing happened with Star Trek in the 1960s. Cell phones. Well, they did. They did. It was the idea that said, you know, I, I kind of like that. We're going to see if we can make that happen. Well, see, the idea has to start somewhere. And Gene Roddenberry started that. That's a fascinating thing to me. Mm-hmm. He went for practical. He actually went like, hey, what would be the next thing after this? Mm-hmm. After keyboards, what would it be? And, and he just went for literally just that next level or next level and a half. And that's 
I, if I get any closer, I'm going to be, you know, deep throating this shit. If you put the headphones on, you'll be able to tell well, what it sounds not, like. No, they are not working. I cannot express this to you enough. They are not working. Everyone else is working. Everyone else is working. But that's because Dave derails. Anyway, derail or Dave. Anyway, go on. Deep throating is go serious, on. Tammy. All right. That's a good point. That is all good point. women need to know that. See, it, no, see, it blipped and it went off. But anyway, it's that reasonable jump that people respect, too. Um, too far ahead in the future technology, it's like uh, you're just doing what you need to to make it fit. If it's too outlandish, yeah. it doesn't really resonate with the people who are watching, no matter what angle they're coming from. But that plausibility factor really also helps to bring it to mm-hmm. a level that people can appreciate. You don't have to spend. But it is a guy with a cool, kick-ass car that can drive through a fucking cement wall. Let's not forget so, that. That would be really cool. I'm just talking about the technological. I'm just talking about that. the technological aspect of the oh, things yes. that the car could do. On it was just it was fascinating, and we see that now. We see it happening all the time. Is Siri any different than Kit? No, well, it's funny too. No, they had to all. hook him up. They plugged him into the computers to freaking you know analyze him and shit. They do that now. But it's just it's a fascinating thing to me, and that was the unintentional well, thing. They should have named it Kit instead of Siri. That would have been awesome. I'd yeah, have bought but, it. Yeah, but Kit had, had a person. Kit had a personality. The um, the really cool part of this is the intended theme, and that's what has has resonated with me for my entire life. I was not quite two months old whenever that show premiered, so I literally grew up with that show mm-hmm. in first run and syndication and everything. And it's weird to hear somebody say, you know, a TV show affected my life. Well, it did. Because the the intended message of that show, and you'll hear this anywhere you go, you'll hear this message, but sometimes it clicks in one way for you that it doesn't click with other people and vice versa. And the the entire point of that show if you talk to Glenn Larson, if you talk to the people who are in it, if you talk to the people who have written about it, myself included, the whole purpose of that show is one man can make a difference. That's the point of the show. Yeah. And in the pilot movie, it's a two-hour movie, early on in it, Wilton Knight is laying on his deathbed. And he finally got to see everything finally come to pass. And everything has finally happened for him. And he looks at Michael and in his last moments just looks up and says, one man can make a difference. And you were going to be that man. Mm-hmm. And that just kind of slips by as part of a plot until you start to realize what that show was about and what he did in that show. And he says, but I'm taking back the car. They're not going back and beating. They're not going back and beating up foreign governments in every episode. They're helping people. Mm -hmm. They're helping everyday people, and that became a part of the show. And that's something that's always stuck out to me, and I've always tried to remember that, and it started because of a TV show. And that sounds stupid until you live it. And I think that's just really cool. And the fact that it's been 35 years since that show was on just doesn't seem quite real. But but that was... That was a couple of days ago. We were recording this on the 28th, and the 26th was the 35th anniversary, and all my fellow Knight Rider fans were all over it, posting graphics and favorite moments of the show, and that was just really cool, because I finally got to get in, in one of the show cars that was used on the show. Um, is in One's in a museum up in Auburn, Indiana, and the people who own the other two came in and displayed them there, and I, I got my... Facebook profile picture is me sitting in the car and not only is it a show car, it's the one that you see in the opening credits that's driving toward the screen, so that's pretty cool. I wouldn't want to sit in and I'd try and hotwire that motherfucker and just super sumo motherfuckers. Okay, first of all, Gone. Dave, the keys were in it, so I wouldn't have to hotwire well, something when the better. keys were in Why it. didn't you... I would have had to get a picture yeah. with my hand uh, holding something in the driver's seat. <sighs> I'm this happy. Nice little, nice little shaking hands with beef picture. That was, was him, that? not me. That That'd time. been sweet though, man. Perhaps you can't I'm christen a bad it, influence. but you can get a nice little. 
Steve, just keep playing with your gear shift. Selfie. Tonight's going to be a lot of fun uh, for the rest of the episode. When we get into the second half of the show, we've got our we've got a guest calling in. Uh, Eric Slocum's going to be joining us, and when Eric gets unhinged, I don't know what's going to come out of his mouth, but it's going to be a lot of fun. So we're going to have some fun with that. But that's coming up in our second segment. Uh, we're going to we're going to see what happens with Eric. I've got a few things to throw in to him. Either some either the NFL protest thing, oh, which always riles him up. Fun. I'd love to hear. And we've got a couple other things too, but really you just let Eric talk because he's a professional professional boxer. He's a former professional MMA fighter. Um, consider him an amateur social media political commentator because he gets people so fired up. I wouldn't call but him amateur. He's a lot of fun, but you know what else he is? He's also a good friend of mine and a lot of fun to talk to. So we're going to talk to Eric as well, talk about his next fight that he has coming up. And uh, we'll cover a lot of ground, then we'll do our top five list and talk about some other things as well. But that's coming up in the second half of the show, and we'll be back with that second half I'm of Apex ready. Live right after this. It's episode five of Apex Live. This is segment number two and probably going to be one of the more fun segments of anything that I have ever done in my entire life of broadcasting. I'm Brad. That's Steve. Steve, how are you doing, my friend? Yeah, I'm great. How are you doing tonight? Are you scared? Are you scared about this? I'm a little intimidated because <sighs> I, I know what's coming. I don't know. You don't know what's coming. Dave Markert joins us as well. Dave's over there groping his wife. He's which, waving to the microphone. Don't ask questions. But you know what? I'm, did I ask a question? Here's the thing. At least it sounds like. At least he's. At least it's fun. At least he looks like he's having fun, and that's what really counts. Back with a booby in hand. It's all good. That's lovely. Well, we've got a guest here on episode five. He is a professional. A professional boxer. He's a former professional MMA fighter. He's an amateur, but a professional level social media political commentator, and he's also a good friend of mine. Joining us live via Skype from his home in Ohio, it is Eric Slocum. Eric, welcome to Apex Live. Thanks for having me, guys. Oh yes, you, we must we must applaud for you. Absolutely, you've you've earned it. Eric, you've uh, you've earned a social media reputation, I think, for being, and maybe it's it's not just social media; it's anybody that knows you. You've earned a reputation for being incredibly outspoken. You'll speak your mind. You'll say whatever whatever you think. It doesn't matter who gets offended, who may challenge you to a fight after you're done giving your opinions on a given issue. What's bothering you right now? What's on your mind? What is driving Eric Slocum crazy right now? I mean, there's not actually a lot bothering me other than I don't believe that. These- all these dudes who knelt for unity not being willing to donate any of their millions to help Puerto Ricans whatsoever right now. Um, and complaining that Donald Trump took too long to help when I think we know that his predecessor most likely would not be helping whatsoever. Well, certainly, so, I mean, certainly that's not, without a, not without a really, really big press release, that's for sure. And that's a great point. That's one of those statements that you may not say it in the most diplomatic way, but how can anybody get upset about what you're saying? What has happened in Puerto Rico right now? I think the estimate is what 3% has not just turned into absolute chaos. The, the, I don't think the power grid is anywhere near being restored. There are lives Correct, being lost. There's no, no sanitation know anything and yes we all do need to help i know you've got your own chaos going on behind you right now but there's yeah, uh, a little bit fussy. there are so many things going on right now and the immediate response is government 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 and yet in in the midst of that what do we have happening that's dominating the headlines 
it's a bunch of overpaid crybabies in the NFL that want to take a knee and complain that the president said something that hurt their feelings. And you know what? The crying is a good summary of that because that's exactly how they're behaving. Perfect. It's incredible. Um, so what do you think the solution is to this? You're going to have to be dealing with the NFL people. What's your solution? Give me... Give me like two minutes. I'm gonna switch my mic again. Okay, do that. We'll we'll talk about it in the meantime. Well, I think that that was a perfect we, baby cry. That was Loved a that it. was a perfect setup. Yeah. Oh perfect. yeah. For how the NFL people were behaving right now, too. We <laughs> need to save that clip for later. Oh, I think we're going uh, to. We were just talking about it the other day. They completely lost sight or any idea of what the hell is actually going on. They're doing it now just to, to spite the president because, well, we're the NFL and we're going to look cool because we hate the president now, too. But Well, I'm pretty sure they hated the president before this. Eh, whatever. And they made it clear. But why? why? But just because he opens his mouth, now we're all going to do it. I wish they would just stop playing and uh, what they consider scabs, let people in the league and they can just peace out. You know, we really? did this in 1987. Yeah. There was an Roll NFL out. strike in 1987. And what happened? The, the uh, Redskins. The beat, league called their bluff the and said, we're the not do- they said, we're not doing this. They called everyone's bluff and said, we're, we're going to bring in replacement players. And it was okay, and everybody came back. I don't think it's going to get to the point of a strike, but all they're doing now is creating more tension, more problems. Back. Welcome back, underdog. Okay. So I had to switch back to the Turtle Beach headset. The, the Apple headset sucks, so nobody buy those. Well, there goes your Apple endorsement. Damn you, Apple. Yeah, for I'm sure. Not, I'm not what a big fuck, Apple Steve? fan. I'm not, I think uh, my jobs. political views already disqualified me from Apple endorsement. That's okay. No, but I don't like Apple anyway. You can say whatever you want and it won't offend me. Um, one of my favorite things in the world, Eric, is your, your Facebook feed. Because your Facebook feed might be the most unbridled... I'm not going to say, I'll say unstable things that I've ever seen, because if anything crosses <laughs> your mind, it is coming out quickly. I'm just going to read a couple of highlights that I, I pulled off from just the last few days, and you can expound on any of these that you want. This will be the first, this is the first one. This was from earlier today, I believe. Yes. Modern Democrats literally call anyone with any opposing views a Nazi. Ironically, the Nazis actually use the media and social justice warriors of the time to act the same as modern Democrats. They attacked and justified killing anyone with opposing views exactly like the Democrats do now. I will view 100% of Democrats as anti-Americans and Nazi supporters moving forward since they have become very fascist in their attempt to silence all free thought and opposing views. Hashtag no Democrat life matters. Hashtag we are taking America back. Hashtag he is my president hashtag make America great again. You know, I think you had everybody going pretty well for those first two or three sentences, and then you may have called right. everyone. You may, may have called all of extreme. you may have called all of the Democrats Nazis. But that's an interesting point that you make about the silencing of free speech. That's why we're here. That's why Apex Live exists. That's why Steve and I have decided to do this show. It's it's entertaining. It's a creative outlet for us, but it's also. Uh, a way that we can come out and communicate and talk about what we think and why we think it without being under the thumb of the FCC. Some quotes of the picture I cited on that of the gentleman um, not saying anything Nazi esque at all and being <laughs> accused of being a Nazi. <laughs> Um, I think people can look that up for themselves, but I just wanted to get your thoughts Fair on enough. it. What are your thoughts on on f- the free speech issue and and how you're trying to do it in your own way on social media? And tell me a little bit about some of the blowback that you have faced, not only from Facebook, but from some of the people who follow your page. 
Right. So obviously I don't think all Democrats are Nazis, especially traditional Democrats. Just all most. modern-day liberal Democrats pretty much are literally Nazis, um, especially Antifa. So, oh, my gosh. So what I see a lot on social media, and I follow a lot of uh, the bigger figures, a lot of people I communicate with went to the mother of all rallies, um, which was pretty good overall. But um, So free speech is definitely being silenced. You look like at Milo. I mean, Berkeley is – all the farther you need to look to see free speech being silenced. If it broke In off and fell into the ocean tomorrow, I'd be fine. I'd be fine if it broke off and went into the ocean. It's an yes, absolute Cal- California. Joke. Although a lot of um, Northern California is very, very red. I just meant you know. Berkeley. I just get Berkeley uh, yeah. out of there. It is an absolute right. mess. And I love how much they talk yes. about free speech and how Berkeley is the birthplace of free speech. And then before Ben Shapiro has said a word, they want Ben Shapiro run out of town and they're protesting. Do they do they not yes. understand the concept of irony? Is that the problem? I think that the leaders of their party are very good at pulling the wool the wool over their eyes, so to speak. I mean, George Soros, a very intelligent guy, even though I, I disagree with him on almost everything, mm-hmm. he is very intelligent and very good at manipulating these young millennials. Um, technically, I would be a millennial myself, but definitely not the well, same politically as most. Okay, well you're how old? And that's an interesting that's an interesting point. How old? I am 29. You're 29 years old. And when you look at what most 29-year-olds are doing politically, they're either staying out of the process, a lot of them got involved this year. And what they're doing is they're being led by people like George Soros. Soros is, is an evil man. He's a brilliant yes. man, but he's an evil man, and I don't think people are seeing that nearly enough right now. Dave, your thoughts on the whole free speech issue and how that's do you feel like it's being quashed now is it something that honestly i know you're not out there on social media a lot addressing a lot of these things but just in your everyday life are you seeing that happen more and more where the thought police of 1984 are getting out there and involved i wouldn't say thought police but it's very funny you've read 1984 haven't you yes 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 okay you say squash it but i see simple misdirection and we are just sheep following Obviously, you know, the media bringing up the what's going on in uh, Korea right now that we were just talking about the other day. But what's the big thing that's got everybody's attention? You know, it, it's misdirection because we're all hysterical on Facebook and arguing with each other and getting all up in arms about shit. We're going to follow what that guy's pissed off about because he's pissed off about it. He's making a lot of noise. So let's watch that. Well, it's the cause heads of PCU. What yeah. what are we angry about this week? What are we off- we're an offended culture, we're, and it's what are we ma- what are we angry about this week? We're ignorantly uh, being led to to you know, uh, or we'll, <laughs> we are ignorantly being led in with our speech. Where we what we are allowed to say. It's a very slow process, but that's the way you do it. Okay, and it's it's interesting you bring that up, and I'm, I'm going to reference something that I've not told either of you about, Eric. I've not told you about it either, because I want to get an organic response to this, because I heard this a couple of days ago, and I was ready to lose oh, God, my mind whenever this happened. I could not believe I heard someone say this and, say actually, and actually mean it. Steve, free speech, how you feel it's 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 been attacked over and over, we talked about this in in the opening the opening um, 
opening portion of, of our work to get this started and to start this process. Um, those first steps were all about, hey, we don't like what can't be said and what shouldn't be said according to certain people and their idiotic standards. So how do you feel like it's being attacked and what does this particular piece of work mean to you and how you're kind of fighting against the system? Well, And that sounds so crazy to say fighting against the system, but that's actually what it is. The approach that I see is it's it's nonsensical. It's it's like children. Um, they 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 really need the attention. Um, so whenever you know they're corrected or anything like else like that, the other person's automatically wrong. Um, your thoughts, your beliefs, unless it's you know, it's it's just like talking to my children is basically all I can really mm-hmm. narrow it down to. They want to speak their mind. Uh, they get called out on it. Then then you're demonized. You're wrong for calling them out on anything that they may, you know, not have their facts straight on or right. something like that. Um, you know, it's, I do the same thing with my kids. They want to argue. I prove that I'm right. Even when they're proved that they're wrong, they still want to argue and fight and bicker and this and that. And then you have to set them straight, mm-hmm. you know, with uh, a little bit more of a, a little less tact. It has to be more forceful. And, that, and that's the part that I feel that possibly might be bad for – uh, the liberal mindset is that force, mm-hmm. and whenever somebody's being that completely nonsensical and they're not being um, rational at all, sometimes you have to smash them in the face a little bit. I mean, it's it, it, it becomes it comes past the point smash when you can talk to politics. them anymore. I like it. Well, know? well, whenever you start getting that aggressive, that's yeah. where that's where the voices like Milo, like Milo, the voices like Ben Shapiro, who's one of my favorite people on earth. That's when those voices really start to come out because it's yeah. the only ones that tend to get through. Yeah. And it, it's a problem because all that does is raise the bar on what's going to work and what's going to get through and what's not. Mm-hmm. And that's very troubling because you see the direction that we end up going in as a result. And at the end of it, you, you kept coming back to the point that immediately the knee-jerk response is you're wrong. Yeah. Well, you meant wrong in the context of being incorrect. Mm-hmm. Whenever you tell them they're incorrect, their next step is to say that you're wrong in a moral sense. Mm-hmm. So they take it to an even higher level because they are that desperate to be right, that desperate to win. They are incapable of dialogue. They're only capable of arguing and then laying in the floor at Walmart because they didn't get their favorite toy and whining and crying and screaming Children. because they're all three-year-olds. Yeah. So, Eric, I got a question for you. Have you ever read 1984? I have not read it in its entirety, but I okay. do get the thought police reference. So you you, you know the whole purpose of that things book. Orwell said. Okay, so you you I'm are, not what you're familiar with Orwell just in general and what yes. he was doing in that book with Animal Farm and 1984 and all those. So I'm gonna I'm gonna yes. give you I'm gonna give all three of you one of the most idiotic things that I've ever heard in my life, and it is going to shock you because I couldn't believe it whenever I heard it. <laughs> In the last, I doubt co- anything politically could shock me in 2017. Nope. But let's see. All right, this will be fun. Coop. In the last, I'm going to ninja school. Okay, thank you for completely turning that into. <laughs> thank you, Seymour. Th- that that's very helpful. We need uh, to get Seymour on here next yeah. to our, uh, our official Seymour, our official black correspondent. But this is this is what I heard, and this is documented. You can look it up. We're going to link this article onto the. Uh, we're going to link this article onto the Apex Twitter page. But it's just, um, it's truly terrifying to say that we lost Eric. We'll have to get him back. Hello. I was wondering what um, that was. Uh, there was a book. There we go. There he is. You back, Eric? 
Yep, I'm okay. back. I don't okay. know what happened there. Uh, things happen with Skype. Um, this is this is what I got to see. There was an article that came out that summarizes the new book that was written about the 2016 election by Hillary Clinton. <laughs> and the Wonderful. book, oh, there's and the, no bias there. Come all, on. And the book is just called What Happened. And what happened was Hillary, you, you suck. No, you lost. That's what happened. You alienated too many people, and you lost in red states. Yeah, absolutely. But here's what and lost your blue wall. But here's what happened. Blue waffle. This is what's. Thank you, Steve. This is what's in the book, and I cannot believe anyone could actually say this and be serious about it. But I've got the quote blocked out, and it's it's in this article, and it's just fascinating for anyone that's read this book. She says that the intended message and the whole point. Ah, we lost Eric again. I'll repeat it whenever he comes back. Um, there we go. Hillary said that the whole point of 1984 was to trust authority. <laughs> what? And to listen to the experts and your leaders and your and and the the voices in your community. That was the po- that was the message of 1984 was to trust authority. She didn't read that book. That's what she said. That's what she oh, said she about 1980. No, she didn't read it. If that's what she came up with, even yeah. if she was lying, it's all, she couldn't lie. That's if she read that, that book. whole nouveau um, oh liberal crap. That's that whole the whole neo neoliberal thought is that they're. I mean, they're they're older heads. Mm-hmm. They're any kind of thing they can say that will push an agenda that. The, the mass populace doesn't understand and not intelligent enough to get it. Well, that's they're right, going to yeah. soak it up like a, well, like these a dry are, sponge. These are people who are going hey, to go she's out. referencing a book I haven't read. This might be important. Bing, and I'm not going to read it. Bingo. These yeah, are the people, I'll, I'll look it up on, on, on uh, these Google. Are, these, are the people, these are the people who are not going to tell you what, what Google was in. It, Steve. Google it. They're not going to tell you what was in 1984. <laughs> they're going to tell you what they were told was in 1984. It's it's the ultimate sheep mindset, and what she doesn't realize is she is basically parroting the exact things that were said by Big Brother in 1984. Yeah. Is anyone paying attention to what this lunatic is doing? I don't care it's what these couple were, but there are people. She's not the there are people who are going to listen to that, and they're going to believe it's true. Eric, had you heard about that, and what are your thoughts on it? Uh, I had not. I've heard, I've seen a lot of transcripts. Um, you said you couldn't be shocked. Book. Are you shocked? You're shocked. No, You're I'm not really shocked, shocked at the stupidity <laughs> and arrogance of Hillary Clinton to say something like that. And it may not be stupidity. She may just take for granted that none of her followers, nobody who supports the DNC, will do any research because, let's face it, they don't. They just believe whatever, you know, whatever enrages them. So. Is it bad? I wish um, it was stupid. It doesn't shock me, although they do constantly cry about a police state. So, you know, totally following government would lead to that. So that's is kind ni- of ironic. It, is 1984 not their playbook? Is that not what they ultimately want to see happen? That That is exactly what they want to see happen. Um, oh, yeah, just... they want big government to control everything, big papa government, and they do not want the individuals to really have a say in anything. Well, individu- um, individuality has been dead for a long time in the eyes of these people because they're all about pro- they're all about freedom of speech until you say something that pisses one of them off. They're all about you know being pro. They're all about choice until you choose to do something that doesn't go along with their platform. There's no understanding of how these things are supposed to work. They tell you to read the Constitution. I don't know if they know what the Constitution is. 
That's they true. I mean, the reason no I compare them to Nazis is because they're just very – they're a very violent group. And um, if you disagree with them about anything, they'll ironically call you a Nazi. Um, literally anything, by the way. If your favorite color is purple and theirs is green, you're probably a Nazi to them. <laughs> but um, I so was, they, I, I, I think they're modern-day – thought police because if anyone disagrees they will try to take them off of campuses they'll try to get them to lose their job mm-hmm. i mean there's even the the police force in chicago it's, it's a story that gets overlooked but they've been openly firing republicans for years if they have if they've posted anything on social media or anything and, and most of their police force has been replaced by liberals which obviously is working great for them with their very low crime rate yeah well, not and not only are they doing all that with the police, that is also the city with the strictest gun control in the country. The two hardest places to get a gun and have them as a regular citizen are in Chicago and New York City. Legally. Yeah, legally, yes. yes, absolutely. We're just talking about the United States overall. The murder capital of the world is Buenos Aires. Um, they have no guns there. They stab each other to death. Anything can I'd be a weapon. Be shot. It's actually easy to kill. Him. I'd rather I mean, be shot. Really Anything can be a weapon if you want it to be a weapon. You don't get stabbed once. Usually, you get stabbed yeah. multiple times. Well, unless you do it right. Shoot me in the face once. I'd rather. Be <laughs> sh- just saying. Shoot me in the face once. Well, there's th- there's the episode title for this one. Shoot yeah, me in the shoot face. Shoot me once. in the face. Well, what if once. I want to do it twice? But I think th- no, Dave. Then that, what? Dave, that's not the rule. It's gonna it was, hurt. Steve said fucked. once. So it's going to be once. And she said once. Twice is just overkill. Twi- I mean, unless hey. you're shooting 50 Cent, because clearly they'll survive. <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, if, if 50 Cent is nothing if not resilient. That is absolutely true. Um, also a major Trump supporter, so gotta love him. That's true. Okay. Uh, let's go to another. Uh, let's go to another. Eric Slocum Facebook post. LOL at all of the hood rats bashing Trump about the Warriors not going to the White House and Trump calling out some thug NFL guys who hate the flag. Trump is an American. Those other guys are anti-American trash. If you don't like Trump, that's fine, but just acknowledge that you're trash and you hate America, (laughs) police, soldiers, the working class, and the Constitution, okay? Yeah, thanks. Does that base, does that sum up your platform? Should that just be your Twitter bio and everything you ever do? I mean, if if I wasn't against Twitter for being far left, they are and uh, banning Milo completely. I actually have a Twitter, but I stay off it. I only uh, made it originally to follow Tim Tebow, and now I follow Trump. So I follow like Tim Tebow and Trump only on it. You know that's pretty um, good. That's pretty good. Oh my god. Tim Tebow is pretty great, by the way, but everyone should probably follow him. Well, He's I'm an interesting dude. I'm a big Tim Tebow fan and I think that his um I think that his platform is a perfect example of what's going on right now that's so messed up with the NFL. They were all over him. They demonized him for kneeling after touchdowns and now you've got everybody kneeling in front of our flag. What's so bad about being a morally uplifting and overall Great person What's because being because being it, it makes the majority of people feel like shit. Well, they're they're not like Christians that. are unified, and if there's one thing that the left likes to gloat about is they're more unified than us. So mm-hmm. if he would bring more Republicans to Christ, that would be bad for their agenda. Well, conservatism is the new counterculture. You're going against everything that has happened in the last thirty or forty years by being Correct. by being a conservative and by being a Christian. If you are a white a young white male conservative Christian, you're screwed right now. 
don't tell me yeah. about white privilege because you are the enemy. Everybody talks about you know the man keeping people down. I'm that guy. I didn't even intend to be that guy. How in the world did that happen? I'm not that guy. I'm as screwed as everybody else is. Steve, you're that guy too. Yeah. Liberalism Although right now. being white is not the only you know other races can be white supremacists is my point. They call Ben Carson a white supremacist very ironically. So, so the, what they're basically saying so. is that Ben Carson is Clayton Bigsby from <laughs> Chappelle's show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Alan true. West. Well, and uh, Alan Keyes, anybody that doesn't fit their narrative. Yeah. Condoleezza Rice, another great example. Steve, what did you have to say? Um, I would call the liberal idealism now. Um, they can say whatever they want, but the whole goal is anarchy. If you're a liberal now, I think the whole goal is just anarchy. How can I mean? What what else can you can you equate that to? There's no real unification. There's no real goal. Everything is it, there's a new agenda every day. Well, that's what they consider to be progressive. But progressing into what? It's anarchy. That's because how when you, we tear ourselves apart. Anarchy. They'll have an excuse to freaking yeah. police. But ironically, they don't truly want anarchy like they think they do. They also think they want a civil war that they would have zero percent <laughs> chance to win. So I think I'll you know smash. maybe. We should just let them make their bed and have to lay in it. I love that the would piss be good their for us in the long run. I've seen I've seen these guys with Antifa fight, and believe me, it would not be much of a fight. That would last about thirty six hours. A and can that would of be tear done. gas is all you need and for crying cry babies for a run. week. But, but I mean, you could just question. drive by and yell "boo," and they'll need a safe space. <laughs> the question boogie, is boogie. the que- No, that's not what you yell. <laughs> um, the question is: Does tear gas work on people that cry all the time? Yes. Because that's all they really do to begin with. It still would, though. And you know what? I have a lot of liberal friends, people that consider themselves to be on the left. But thankfully, these are thoughtful people who are not – they do not act (laughs) as extremists. And there's a difference between having a differing differing viewpoint on issues and being a contrarian to the point where you vilify, you demonize, you attack anyone who's not as extreme as you. There are people on the far left – who demonize people who aren't as left as they are, and they're liberals. It's the bell curve that you always talk about. Absolutely, it's the bell curve. That is an excellent point. That is an excellent point. Eric, anything else that's really bugging you right now? We're going to have you back plenty of times. So anything else that's really bugging you right now? Uh, No, just the divide in the country and that you know conservatives seem to take all the blame for it and our president takes all the blame for it. But I think if you look at the facts... The left's responsible for a majority of it, definitely. Definitely both sides, but 90-10, I would say. But you're not passing passing blame or anything. <laughs> no, not at all. No, of course not, not because, because you're too fair. Uh, before I let you go, we're going to go ahead and let everybody know you are stepping into the ring again here soon. Mm-hmm. Dave and Steve are both fighting yes. on November 17th yes. in Ashland, Kentucky at the Woo-hoo. Boyd County Community Center. Dave's fighting uh, 10 rounds for the WBF Intercontinental Light WBF. Heavyweight Championship. Yeah, huge yeah. fight. Yeah, that's a big fight for Dave. Steve is making his pro debut that night. We're working on getting all that lined yes. up. And we can also say that Eric Slocum's going to be stepping in the ring that night. Should be fighting Chris Brown. No, not that Chris Brown. This is a guy who could probably doesn't punch that hard. I think I think the fight with him and Rihanna would probably be a little bit more even. The other Chris Brown has more hand speed. Now, I know Chris; he's a good guy, but he's not as fast as the other Chris Brown, and probably doesn't dance as well. Probably, so, probably hits harder. That's probably that's a good point. He doesn't need as much it's volume. A lot bigger. Doesn't need as much volume as Chris did. So yeah, I don't think Rihanna had good head movement, so <laughs> speed wouldn't matter. She might have Obviously better head movement. Would you think? <laughs> 
I love how this takes such a hard left turn every single time. But that's what's coming up. Those are those are three fights that you can expect on November 17th. Eric will be stepping back into the ring that night. Dave will be there. Steve will be there. We'll all be there. And it should be a fun night for the Apex Combat Fight Team. Hey, Eric, if, real quick. How'd you like the burnouts the other day? I know you're training for this fight. How'd you like those? Yeah, it's pretty brutal. Um, <laughs> I tried to get our good friend, uh, the teddy bear. I, I told him about the power rounds, and I believe his politically correct response was, screw that, but he might <laughs> use some other words. See, this is what happens whenever other people who aren't used to the Apex workout routine have to get subjected to it for the first time. There's a little bit of shock value. But, uh, Eric, but I, am, I am sparring with him tomorrow to get some some good spar, heavyweight spar in. So. Yeah. You know, there was That's a time. Good, good work. Move with a move. There was a time when if Eric Slocum told me he was going to the gym, I would call BS and demand video evidence. But now that you're actually getting there in there and doing the work, believe me, the work's paying off. You're doing a great job. And hopefully we'll go in there and get win number three in November. Eric, for sure. Going for three straight. That'll That's be great. Right. Eric, thanks for joining us tonight. We really appreciate it. Hey, nice talking Thank to you guys for having me. God right, bless. Brother. Make America great again. That's right. right. Have a good night. America. America. Yes, sir. Huh. That, everyone, is Eric Slocum, and that is exactly what I expected. Believe me, that was probably the toned-down version. Uh, he was relaxed. Yeah, he was there, will, nice. there will be more to come whenever he gets used to being, uh, being involved in radio on demand, or as we call it, podcasting. It's time for our top five list, and we've been talking about this for the last couple episodes. It's our top five desert island dinners. The dinners you would have if you were on a desert island, you can only eat those things for the rest of your time there, but you can have them in endless supply. What would they be? I had fits trying to narrow it down to a reasonable amount. So, uh, Dave, <laughs> you first, sir, and this should be fun. And I'll just, I'm going to say this before we get into this. I think it's next Thursday. Every Thursday in October, if you're in southern West Virginia, uh, yes. the, the Chick-fil-A in, at Crossroads Mall in Beckley, Join West me. Virginia, is doing all-you-can-eat chicken nuggets night. And that's going to be fun because it's become something of a challenge. Yeah. Well. To, it's become something of a challenge to Dave because he wants to up his number every time. And currently, the record from last year is 94. Now, what was the kids that were trying to keep up with me the last time? The random people. They got to 50. And then fade it out quickly. So Dave's going to try to break his own record again, and that's going to be a lot of fun. Steve, you're going to come out and take this uh, in? I won't come out, but I will join you in eating some chicken nuggets. Okay. And I will eat all the chicken nuggets. I did join last time. I had about 10 boxes, and then I always wondered why Dave's like, man, my belly just don't feel good ever. <laughs> well, eat 56 boxes of nuggets. And uh, you might uh, like twenty yeah. something. I think it was. 50. That's exactly what, what happened. I, thirty. It was thirty something. That is exactly. There's a lot happened. of boxes. That's all. I a lot know. of boxes. Right. Okay. Ridiculous. So with that said, Dave loves food. We all love food. We're oh, food. You can eat, now you right. eat all. We're food people here at Apex Live. So when Dave guests, we're going to probably be talking about food. So Dave, what is your top five list? You can have right. five meals. Number five forever. What are they? It's a desert island. I'm going with a sandwich. 
What about goat anus? <laughs> Dave, it's a it's, sandwich. Dave, what Sandwiches kind? are delicious. Yeah, that, that's fine. Turkey. Take, take it seriously. I am. What are you doing? I want a sandwich. What kind of a sandwich? And who's going to be there to make it for turkey, you? Turkey, tomato, spinach, not lettuce. Okay. And Tammy will make it for me. She'll travel all the way across the ocean and deliver it. This is so... Because you got to make me a sandwich, woman! <laughs> this is so weak because you can have any food item you've had from any restaurant, anything you've ever That's done, anywhere, easy. ever. No, it's right. not too easy. You've got five. So and what are they going to be? Hey, I make good hey, sandwiches. Sometimes a nice sandwich have... with, like... I really was actually, yeah, good. kind of serious about this sandwich. I'm not... Okay. There's nothing wrong with sandwiches. Okay, so go on. Um, pizza. Sorry, okay, I'm from okay. the pizza generation. What, pe- what pizza? It would be a pizzeria-style pizza. You don't know them. Okay. Casa's Pizza up in Pennsylvania. Okay. East Stroudsburg University. They, they're they not there anymore. And what's it called? What was it called? Casa's. Casa's, okay. It's the one up there. Nah, it's not the one I'm talking about. Okay, so, what, so, what's, what? so what's on it? The sausage. They they do sausage and pepperoni, great meat-style pizza. Okay. Brick oven. Good stuff. Good crust. That sounds yeah. good. Yeah. Okay, what else? Um... I'm keeping count for you, Dave. This is number three. Thank you. I thought it was a piece. The German three. <laughs> CTE. Three. CTE really affects math. Three. Uh, no, this is after that. Three. I would go with Fata Shorma. Okay. From Lavash or Little Sicily, as we mm-hmm. have to call it now. Here in Beckley. Because Fata Shorma is delicious. Okay. That's that's all I'm going to say about that. That's three. That's a good one. All right. Uh, a burger. A burger from Dyer's. Mm, good one. Hundred year old grease. You're gonna go triple triple here. Tri- oh hell yeah. Okay. And you know what? You don't even need anything on it. I just take the burger with cheese and meat, and that is it. That is how good that damn burger is. That's right. That's true. Whatever. Okay. That's four. What else? And then I'd probably go with the big old sushi platter. Okay. Tokyo Tea House up in Pennsylvania. Okay. Again, they're really really good. Plus, they knew my family, and they gave us. A little bigger slices. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's, that's right. That's not the all, markets. We always ate a lot. <laughs> the Italian Japanese hey. family. Yeah, I, I'm not good with. I'm not. Hey, good it's with. me. Hey, How it's, you doing? Hey, it's the market. market. Arigato. Arigato. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, boys, I'm sorry. I need. I don't think own. you've got to hear our other list. Yeah, we've we got five right. minutes here. Calm Can I make down. up the, the you, next one? You don't sleep anyway. Who cares? Yeah. True. I sleep. None of us sleep. Watch her sleep. She'll, you know what happens last time she fell asleep. She almost killed herself, and it was kind of scary if you're me. Tammy fell asleep into a pile of coats Face in the back seat of a car, and it down. took us about 35 seconds to wake her up, and she was not pleased whenever she woke up. I'm just going to say that. Okay. Well, we have to wake you up. It's just a matter of no. feeling okay when you wake up. Maybe it was a little too abrupt. No. Steve, Steve, your list, sir. Okay. Well, the first one is going to be fruit roll-ups. Just endless supply of... Hey, what, sometimes you just don't feel like eating regular food. You sometimes know? you feel like a nut. Sometimes, sometimes people feel for you. Um, I would go with a uh, eel <coughs> sushi. Um, the main the main, uh, main part of that would be eel. Okay, where from? Um, I haven't really had too many uh, experiences with sushi, but only locally in a landlocked the state. eel. I okay. think Kimono does a pretty good job with theirs. I agree. Yes. Um, I like lobster, so uh, lobster tail would be nice. Okay. Um, where, have you, w- where have you had really good lobster tail before? Uh, lobster tail. Because you, um, you can have that lobster tail forever. Mm-hmm. So where is it? Like red lobster? I can't remember. <laughs> uh, it was called Conky Joe's. It was out of uh, Florida. 
Okay. I guess Conk Shell, Conky yeah. Joe's, or something like that. Really good. Um, I really enjoyed the grape and gorgonzola pizza from uh, Pies and Pints. Oh, that's yeah. a great that. pizza. Oh, man. Good call. Um, I good really call. like those. It's got um, one left. What's it going to be? And I was kind of torn on this. Vagina. Oh. Vagina. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. San Franciscan for, for vagina. <laughs> That's something else. <laughs> Basketball fans, you know that's something else. I have to speak um, straight for San Francisco. And I was torn between a burger and a hot dog. I really like Nathan's hot dogs. Uh-huh. Um, I have to have sauerkraut, um, yellow mustard, and I would do probably onions as well. A mm-hmm. nice kind of classic-style hot dog there. Okay. So, yeah. From anywhere in particular, or are you making them on your own? I like Nathan's on my own, so yeah, I could just uh, throw you them You just on want a the rock. components. You just want the components. Put them on a rock, uh, magnifying glass, we can burn them up, it doesn't matter. Okay, well that's fair. Yeah. My top five, as you can imagine, probably a little bit elaborate, because that's what I do. A little bit. Uh, number five, biscuits and gravy from Fred's Restaurant here in Beckley. And Fred died... Old. Uh, he probably died 10, 12 years ago, but he ran Fred's restaurant, then moved away, came back and had the Beckley de- uptown deli for a while. Mm-hmm. But I grew up on that biscuits and gravy and I, I make it all the time. I really like the biscuits and gravy that I make, but I've never found another one that tastes exactly the way he made it. Now, where's Fred's? Where was that located at? It was uptown right near where our gym is. Okay. It's where uh, Congressman Ray Hall's office was for a little while. Oh. Right. You know what the corner where the barbershop is? So they did that too. Uh, right next to that yeah. is right. where that restaurant was, and it was just so it was so good. It's back when they allowed smoking in buildings, so you go in, it's just filled with smoke. It used to be a bar, and it was just such a great place to eat. And I grew up there mm-hmm. eating biscuits and gravy every Saturday, and sometimes during weekdays during the summer. And me and my brother were there, and 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 my uncle and my dad, and we'd get together on weekends. That's what we did, and I I miss that biscuits and gravy because I'll never get it again. Never. Um, at least, not, at least not the taste exactly the way he used to make it. So I would have that. Number four, one of the items, same as Dave's list, the triple-triple from Dyer's Burgers in Memphis. You damn right. Okay, That's good a, little, is. a little short description of what is going on at Dyer's. Dyer's opened in 1912. In Memphis. Now, to give, to give you some perspective, that's the year the Titanic sank. Mm-hmm. So it opened then. And back then, you didn't have a flat top. You didn't have a griddle and all those things. So you cooked in a giant cast iron skillet. Well, they would. it's the smash meat technique. So you pound them out flat. You cook them in this big cast iron skillet. Well, they were incredibly popular. So they couldn't keep up. Mm. So eventually, you're cooking and you're cooking and you're cooking and the grease starts piling up. At some point... You're deep frying those things because there's so much grease. Well, here's the kicker on this. Since 1912, every day they season the grease, they strain the grease, they have never thrown the grease out and started over. So somewhere in there, they have moved locations. They dumped it all into a bucket, sealed it with police tape, and had an escort to their new location. Mm. That's how serious this is at Dyer's Burgers. They've never thrown it out. So that was 1912. So that grease is now 105 years old. And delicious. We went there in 2015. So it it was 103 then. I order usually whenever you order it's mustard, onion, and pickle. Whenever you order one of their burgers, and they don't put anything else on it, I said bring it to me 
with beef and cheese, and that's it. And it is the best burger I've ever had in my life. And if you can give me those on a repeated basis, <laughs> that's a desert island meal. Number three is the chicken shawarma wrap, which interestingly enough, we just had before we started recording tonight. Delicious. And that's from and that's from Little Sicily um, here in Beckley. It's a it's a great. Chicken shawarma is amazing, and it's all about the way that you season it, the way that you prepare it. I love Mediterranean food, and that item is not only really, really good, but it's also very healthy, and that would come in handy on a desert island. Number two is another one of my my food road trip items, and that's putin, which is amazing. It's a Canadian delicacy. I've also heard it pronounced poutine. Well, that's incorrect. That's correct. That's incorrect. Um, but no, it's, you're, you're planning to say poutine as well, though. It's poutine. Even up there, she the, the waitress said poutine. Oh, that's great. And she's also wrong. Uh-huh. So, Gotta eat your poutine. But says, pute- says the tourist. But poutine is, is an amazing thing. It's it's so basic, but so, but so good. It's crispy French fries, brown beef gravy, and cheese curds. Mm. The key is, when I went to Red Dot in Milwaukee, I didn't just get that. You could get it topped with something else. And they topped theirs with in-house prepared duck confit on top of poutine. It is one of the least healthy things I have ever eaten in my life, but it's one of the best things I've ever had in my life. So that's that would be number two. And number one, is an it's another item that I'll never get again because the place doesn't exist. And it's because the owner decided one day he just didn't really want to uh, pay taxes. And that's the Philly cheesesteak with homemade chips from Troy's Philly cheesesteak in Withville, Virginia. And it was an authentic remarkably good beef shaved shaved ribeye cheese whiz mayo that's it an authentic philly cheesesteak so far away from philly in the middle of nowhere in withville you would never expect it but it was tremendous and i wish i could go back and get that again i've been told that he's got a new place somewhere in virginia i guess he got to see if he pays taxes but i don't know if that's actually him or if it's just a similarly a similar name place i need to go find out because if those cheesesteaks are back i will drive three hours to go get one of those cheesesteaks and have one of them again. So that was that was really good. And you know what? It's also better than just a regular turkey sandwich. And that's what hey, that's what really counts. Sandwiches but, are delicious. But we're about done here. Um, before we go, I want to remind everybody, if you like listening to podcasts, whether it's ours or anyone else's, support podcasters because this is a new non-traditional medium. It's something that's not under everyone else's thumb, everyone else's control. Support your podcasters. If it's if it's a thing where they would ask you for $5 a month as a donation, do it because it's going to keep them broadcasting, keep them going. It usually just goes back into equipment and everything else because nobody's making money off of these things. It's just creative expression. So just a few of my favorites. Give them some support. I think you'll like them. The Chick McGee Show, which you can get on Podcast One. Chick McGee is from the Bob and Tom Radio Show. Christy Lee Interrupted. You can find her at ChristyLeeNews.com. The Ben Shapiro Show. He's one of my favorite people in the world. Dave, I'll get to you in a minute. We Are Libertarians. You can find them at WeAreLibertarians.com. That's Chris Spangle and, and that crew that are just fantastic. They've produced over 200 episodes, and they're they're wonderful. If you're I am a prof- by Dave Markert. Uh, oh. Louder with Crowder is the Stephen Crowder podcast. He's a conservative, really in the same vein as Ben Shapiro, but he's also a comedian, so it comes through really well. I know Steve's a fan of his as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Ross Report, if you like Jim Ross and professional wrestling, you can listen to that. Damn it! Retro Gaming Roundup and the Intellivisionaries, if you like the old school video games, and of course, the Joe Rogan Experience. And if you don't know who Joe Rogan is, you are seriously missing out. Sit up front. Dave, final thoughts on everything that we've covered tonight? Uh, Good show. I liked it. Well, Um, well, yes. I really like, I I love bringing in 
Slocum for his opinions. I, I kind of wish he didn't hold back and he wasn't so nice, but maybe next time. He's just getting comfortable, I assure you. But that's another example of what we were talking about, free speech. You can say what you want here, and nobody's going to be throwing you any shade. That's going to be a lot of fun. Can oh, I they probably will. Five but for next time? You can suggest a top five. I'm going to go a little different. Okay. Top five worst songs to be tortured by. That's pretty good. That that's a good a little twist. There's a little so different. much more to choose from than good. Now music. we might have to get examples because we will save that. Anything by Ace of Base. <laughs> Did you not see the sign, Steve? <laughs> it we'll, opened up uh, my eyes, and I decided I want to close them. We will, what about four novel? We will uh, save. We've already covered. We've already covered that peroxide sun, but we will uh, <laughs> peroxide sun. We'll. Uh, I tell you what. We'll save that <laughs> top five sun. list for the next time that you're the you're All setting right, in sure. with us. We'll save that too. But we'll be doing that, and uh, that'll be a lot of fun. Remember, Hugh Hefner's dead, and I don't care. So. God bless that man. Hey, Why? He hooked me up. Half my fap career was Playboy. <laughs> so I kind of do respect uh, his, not, his choice of women to fap to. Do I, not I give that. a crap about, about him or anything he's ever done. You know, at least Larry Flint was actually a true yeah. champion of free true. speech and expression. All Hefner did was bang blondes, okay? And that's fine. That's it. And if they weren't blonde, he had them dye their hair, that's and he, then he banged See, <laughs> if, that, if, if there is a more vapid, worthless uh, existence than that, I can't imagine what it is. But, but Steve, fin- final thoughts on everything we covered tonight. Um, yeah, I think it's starting to gel a little bit more. It was nice having a guest on, and uh, Dave back with his craziness that we all love and enjoy. Wait a minute. Well, that's exactly crazy. what He's it is. He's a good guy. We love we he's a, he's a good boy. We love we love Dave. <laughs> he's a good boy. He's I love the, boy. I love that we you go Golovkin. I love that you go Golovkin on it. Good boy. That was a lot of fun. Big Dave, drama show. Dave Tammy, thanks for thanks for joining us, setting in again, chiming in with us it was a lot yeah, of fun. Love that middle finger. That really appreciate job, it. Keep it up. The crooked one finds the uh yeah. what's that part that they always talk about? The prostate. It's the prostate. That's that's the prostate <laughs> finger. <laughs> No, um, it's not. Yes. Steve. Steve. Yes. Women don't have prostates. But men do, and sometimes women like to find it with their middle finger. Thank you for the inspiration. Well, Two, three inches in to the right. I think that's as good of I think, I think you're wrong. That sounds like experience talking. That I think that's as good of a place to end as any. Episode five was a lot of fun. Right. Steve, appreciate you, sir. Thank you, thank you. Oh my. I'm Brad, that's Steve, and this has been Apex Live. I'm gonna let go. There's no way.